Man. Man. Hold on, sorry. <laughs> sorry. It's hard. It's <laughs> man. Trials and Tribulations of a Podcaster. Ah. Man. Cool. Oh, I tell you. Am I right? <laughs> Games. Games. Dude, I was actually, uh, <laughs> you, you mentioned what you wanted to talk about this week, and I was like, this could go terribly. Oh, you think? Because <laughs> you, yeah, well, because, like, talking about how, talking about crunch and, like, the mental challenges and the physical challenges of being a game developer or being in the games industry as a streamer, like, this is interesting to us, but, like, I feel like a lot of people are just gonna be like, wow, they're whining. And... <laughs> And people that are, like, going to understand it, people that are crunching right now to put together a trailer for E3, mm. people who are crunching to get materials for E3, they, if if we're negative, we're just going to bring them down because they're like, yeah, I know, Gwen, obvious. <laughs> like, they're, I don't want somebody who's listening to this podcast about crunch uh, while they crunch feeling worse. Uh, that would suck. Yeah, I get you. But I, I, I can see how that wouldn't be a positive, but... Uh... Here we are, but Gwen. at the same, here we are, and and it is a good topic, and it is important, not just crunch, but like how how difficult it can be, and how to overcome the challenges of like all the various mental and physical challenges of being a developer in this industry, especially right now, when right now is prime. Uh, I I don't want to call it crunch time, but let's be real, like. People are getting together their materials for E3. Mm-hmm. Um, game developers uh, who are hitting Christmas are in it right now, yeah. right? Like, because if your goal is to come out um, to launch your title in August, you need to be insert on the console like a month or two ahead of time, which means right now is shit just got real. And you're like, oh, all that stuff I've worked on. Oh, that's actually going to go out there and <laughs> people are going to judge me for it. But it, it's just... Uh, it, it's a, it's a difficult time in the industry right now for a lot of people. I'm afraid of the backlash that I will get for saying some things. Like, I, I go nuts when students come on, uh, students come to an interview, um, and they'll say things like, does your studio crunch? And we'll be like, no more or less than anywhere else. And like, but I care about this or that. And I'm like, no, you don't. You have no shot. Like, I've seen your portfolio. You're lucky to get this job. Like, so many times students come and they're, like, afraid of a theoretical thing that they've never experienced. How do you um, mean? Like, oh, I, I get what you mean in the sense of they're afraid of crunch, but, like... So, you yeah. know about crunch because you read about it in a magazine and sometimes it's healthy and it's good and a lot of times it's not. Um, like, working overtime to prepare a trailer for E3 for three weeks... Uh, I would say that's a healthy and good and normal thing. I think most people in their careers at some point will have to do some amount of overtime. And that's, um, I mean, it, it's not ideal to have to do overtime, but it it's necessary because the there's points when a studio needs to output more work than other points. Um, and as long as you're compensated and you're excited uh, to be there, that's a good thing. I think there's... There is such a thing as when you're young and you're passionate and you you say this E3 trailer is your your demo reel. Like, this is the first thing you're making and you really mm. want to put your all into it. 
I would never dare go to somebody who's working overtime and say, hey, you got to go home after nine hours. This is ridiculous. Um, even because I've, I've experienced that side of it as well when I was young and in the industry and I would, uh, I was working on something and, uh, this grumpy old fucker comes up to me and he just goes, Gwen, you realize, you know, you can work really hard and get all that done, but then they won't need you after it's done. Right. And then walks away. And I was like, what a jerk. (laughs) Thanks, man. It for me, like, this is my big break. Fuck you. And I would never like, I don't want to be that guy that's like, don't, don't crunch. Don't put in overtime. Don't pursue this thing that you're passionate about of your own volition because uh, y- you'll burn out in the end. Even if it, even if you will burn out, like working really hard and burning out is just part of being an artist, I think, uh, for short periods of time, mm. for things, for actionable things, things like I want to work really, really hard and do some overtime and because I'm passionate, I'm in love with this this E3 trailer, and it it's this is going to define me as an artist for a few years. So I want it to be right. I think that's good and that's healthy. And so there's, and this is a nuanced conversation. Like what is healthy overtime? What is unhealthy overtime? Yes. And it's not something that you can really do in an interview setting. Um, and so when somebody, when a student who's desperate, um in an incredibly competitive field. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of students don't realize how competitive this is and that they that they're like if you are so lucky as to get an interview at a major company out of college uh to come in and and be like, "Well, do you crunch? Um how bad is the crunch?" Part of me is like, "You don't care. You're yeah. pretending to care." Okay, I get what you you're saying. You have no idea what crunch is. You haven't experienced the good and the bad. And now I'm questioning if you, like, have it in you to do this. Uh, which is not fair, but I think it when I hear that. Yeah. And that's maybe bad. I, I, From what you're saying, what I'm getting is that, like, crunch has become, like, a term that is 100% negative. Like, when it's reported by journalists and stuff like that. And there definitely is a lot of negative to report from people like people aren't just making that up there's a lot of stories of that being bad like just in general health but i can see the point you're making which is especially if you're working at a smaller company uh like an independent company like yours then you're doing that because you love doing it like you wouldn't be doing anything else sort of a thing like this is exactly what you want to be doing and it's exactly where you want to be so someone saying oh well i don't know if i'd want to do crunch it's like well then how much do you want to do it at all like you you've got a when it's so competitive and there's so many people that want these jobs you ideally would want to be the person that's like i would fucking do this anyway get out of my way like that kind of a person i guess well it's also just there what you look for in a junior and what you look for in an experienced person is different and Mm. when when somebody who's experienced uh, comes in is like how bad is the crunch they come from a place of understanding <laughs> yeah of, okay, like, i get you like they're like i've been, been through in it. some fucking crunches <laughs> like, yeah whereas <laughs> when it's somebody who's never crunched before like i don't know uh, does this studio crunch i'm like define crunch kid yeah like i don't know uh and and part of it is i think um the media 
the, like Fox News always paints the world as being this terrifying evil place. But, you know, the games industry news does, too. Yeah. The games industry, if you, all you do is read the Internet, you will be convinced that every white man is out there to uh, oppress all women, uh, that women don't speak in the industry, that we that we are only like, that we're treated like shit. You'll believe that we crunch um, all the time and that it is this this awful like. That, that if you believe what you read online, I don't know why anybody would ever join the industry because <laughs> it sounds really, really awful. Yeah. But reality is like there's truth there, but there's, you know, another side of that coin. And it's not I don't want to ever diminish anyone's experience. But if all you read online is like how terrible crunch is and that crunch is ubiquitous in this industry and that there is no escape, you'll believe that. And it's not true. Like there's healthy places to work. Work environments are every studio is totally different um and working a bit of overtime a couple weeks before e3 to to get this out the door or working those last few months because you know your deadline's not going to shift on i don't know what's coming out this this fall like red dead redemption or something mm. uh if working a a couple months of of longer hours there because you're at the end of a multi-year project and let's be real, you can't just throw new people at a project at the end. It just doesn't work like that. And all of a sudden there's way more work. Like this is, this kind of thing is a part of the industry. And it's not like you're, uh, I don't know. I, I And I, it's hard to say, like it's, I'm simultaneously saying like sometimes it's bad, but usually it's not that bad. So don't worry about it. And I, That's life, I want right? to be there for the, yeah, I want to be there for the people that are, that are working really hard right now because I know they're out there. Uh, maybe listening to this podcast hey. as they crunch on Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> Learner, how are you doing, bro? But what's like, up, bro? Uh, Red Dead Redemption, what's up? fucking yes, please, my friend. Oh my god, I can't wait! Oh, I'm so excited. I love the first one so much. <laughs> I was so excited when they announced too. Anyway, carry on. Oh god, that just no. Now I'm in my happy place thinking about <laughs> Red Dead about Redemption, watching Red the Dead sunset, Redemption. and then going off and riding a horse. Oh god, that. That's oh, amazing. God, we just so totally good. killed. I don't know what I was even ranting about. I'm just happy now. A lot of it boils down to like I think a lot of this, like you're talking about crunch and stuff like that, and the student coming in. But but what about this? Like, because I definitely know that feeling. Like when you talked about the fucking asshole old man, I definitely know that feeling of someone coming up to you and being like, "How do I do what you do?" And you instantly get that reaction of like, you know. I think this is more me, but you get you get that feeling of like they're saying it in the way of like, oh, anyone could do what you do. I just like games. I could do it. And so you instantly mm. go into this kind of defensive, like, it's fucking hard, actually, my friend. Good luck. <laughs> like <laughs> But like it is a fucking good job. Like as much as as much as you could bitch about X, Y, or Z, the actual bulk of what you do is really fucking cool and exactly what I want to do. Like, mm-hmm. I would I don't want to do anything else. So even though there are negatives, it's like I don't know. It's pretty good. Yeah, I mean I I love being a game developer. Mm. I think it's amazing. Like I uh I I'm not saying like I love every single day. Mm. Anytime you love to do something, um anytime you're passionate about something it, you do it a lot, you're going to reach a point where you have to remind yourself that you love doing it. <laughs> yeah. This is true of, like, like say you do... Uh, I think the easiest analogy is, like, a sport. Like, say you're a person who runs. 
There's going to be days when you don't want to run. There can be days when you wake up. I don't run. But I imagine there's days when you wake up and you're like, I don't want to fucking run mm. today on this day. And then you have to psych yourself up and be like, okay, no, Gwen, you love running. Just run. It'll be great when it's done. You'll feel really fulfilled. And long term, running is the thing you do. This is who you are. Do it. And it's the same thing for an artist when you're drawing, when you're an animator animating. There's days when you don't want to do it, but you do it anyway. Mm. But the long term fulfillment, like the the general um, being able to sit down and create something is great. And I know this is another thing. So somebody came up to me recently and they were talking um, about how they they're working really hard on a game. Uh, they're extremely unmotivated because when they were a student, they wanted to um, make games that were fun. And they're working in a space where they make uh, games that are similar to kind of like gambling. Like mm. a lot of free to play games are, are about putting in the right hooks and getting people to spend, um, getting people to spend as much money as possible. Yeah. Gambling on loot boxes, basically. Uh, for a free-to-play game, and they, this individual, this podcast listener, hello, uh, was uh, was saying how how not fulfilling that was, and I had to sit down and think about it, um, and wonder how I would respond in that situation, because you're still like as an animator, I'd still be making animation as a programmer, you'd still be programming. You're doing what you love on a day-to-day basis, uh, and you can kind of like lose yourself in that and really get involved in the process and find joy there. But I can definitely see that being demoralizing, too, as a game developer. There's a lot of game developers out there that are working on games that they personally um, don't, that they personally think is a negative thing for the world. Like, Mm. it's one thing to be, to say, hey, I'm not a doctor, I make games, you know. But at least I've never had to work on a game where I felt like I I was literally feeding someone's addiction, gambling addiction or something like that. Uh, And there's a lot of people that do that. And I think that might be one thing, like a bridge too far. That might be one thing that I'm not sure if I could do it. Mm. Uh, like that would be something I would rather crunch on something that I love, that I'm passionate about, and that I think is maybe it's not a net positive for the world if there's more Bioshock Infinites, but like, or more the Flame of the Floods. But I don't think we're literally harming other people. Yeah. I mean, no, I agree. I, I completely agree, and I can see your point. Um, it's something else, like, because you talked about being comfortable with stuff and what you would or wouldn't be comfortable and on, like, a moral level. And that can kind of link into, like, the, the, the theme of your game in general. Like, because mm-hmm. you have, I mean, like, I don't know, uh, Grand Theft Auto Five. there's bits where you torture people. Like, it's played is kind of funny but it's also kind of messed up or like the classic call of duty example the no russian level that everyone talks about all the time where you are a terrorist who's actually secretly a good guy undercover but you're still mm. a terrorist that goes into a a airport and shoots us civilians i hadn't actually thought about until i think you mentioned it like what sort of toll that could potentially have on the person who's like making that like like oh, God. Uh, yeah like someone who's animating today i animate civilian hiding their child <laughs> and running in fear oh, for the player to I mean, shoot <laughs> like, yeah i've, I've talked month, about this like <laughs> yeah i've talked about this at the animation boot camp and there's there's a reality that like 
I think there is a pretty strong correlation between when I was working in kids games, making uh, the the game wasn't as fulfilling, but the animation was super fun. I was I was working on these cute little pets, these cute little uh, dogs and animals jumping around. There's yeah. a huge difference between the way I felt when I was doing that and when I was working on Elizabeth being tortured. Uh, and mm. the thing, especially as an animator or as somebody who's working in in cinematic scenes, when you work on a scene, you work on that scene for a very long time. Yeah, like very long hours for a month. Can you imagine animating a person being tortured every day for a month for a full work day uh, and that not kind of affecting you a bit? Of course it does. Yeah. Man, I do not envy the people that are working on on those the uh, the more brutal, gory scenes. Yeah, because like I guess something like that it happens so quick in the game. <laughs> But I was yeah. gonna say, I'd never thought about the person that has to actually, like, how did you, did, I mean, was it much of a problem? Or was it just sort of like a, this is getting me down? Like, because obviously you're making it, so you're well aware of what yeah. it is, but you've got to make it look good. You've got to make it look convincing or whatever. And it's like, was it <laughs> yeah. just one of those you things? you got to where, iterate on it. Yeah. Like, um, is, is it just so one of those things where it's just like, oh man, I'm done with doing this. I talk about the Liz being tortured scene. I had little to do with that one. That one was mostly Pete Paquette. Mm. Um, and the rig for the the various apparatuses was by by Jeremy Carson. It's just a really easy example. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's the one scene I can think of from our game that's terrible. As opposed to like, there's scenes that are kind of terrible in other ways. Like when you're stoning to, get to death an interracial couple. That was the scene I worked on. Oh, uh, in sweet. Bioshock Infinite. I that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, go into more, like, are you morally okay with this scene kind of stuff? Like, I could go on and on about this. But, um, uh, the way you deal with it if you're working on a scene like that is you, at first you try to get into it. So you listen to music because you, you need to get in the mode of, uh, like, I am this character. So you listen to music that put, that kind of makes you feel like you're the character you're animating. You'll, you'll kind of get in the right mindset if you're. And you have to, like, if you're animating a scene that's sad, you kind of got to frown. You have to make the facial expressions of the people that you're you're animating. You just do. Mm. Uh, consciously at first and then subconsciously later. Um, and that's just a thing that's going to happen. But a lot of uh, the way you get through it, if you're working on something that's really, really dark, is you, your actual coworkers, like, you take off your headphones and you stop doing that for mm. a bit and you chit chat. And this is where, like, I, I need to be around people. Uh, I, I need that social interaction, but you basically, you, you get good at turning it off and, and chatting about something else and shooting the shit with your coworkers. I mean, you spend, you spend more time at work than you spend at home, just like mathematically, right? Like yeah. you, you're going to spend 40 hours minimum, uh, at work. Uh, and so being around people you like is incredibly important for your, I don't know, like life. <laughs> yeah. I think you, it's, yeah, it it's is good. You have to choose the people that you're around and you have to choose people that it kind of like puts you in a good mood, especially if you're going to be working on something dark. Uh, and I know there's people out there that are crunching right now in dark scenes and they're like, I don't get to choose who I work with. I'm like, <laughs> uh, true. Um, yeah, it's weird. I mean, for me at the moment, a lot of the problem is just like actually getting up, moving not eating so much crap because i love food yeah Gwen. like that's a oh god i didn't think about that you work from home so you're just like 
I have to... You just move from the bed to the chair yep. back to the bed. And we've got a small apartment. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, don't... I can take probably about seven or eight footsteps <laughs> from the bed to the room where I've got this desk. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I don't have to go anywhere, I think is the problem. Like, there is nothing driving me to go anywhere anymore at all, like to even leave the flat. And, you know, it's not as harrowing as it sounds. I could, like, <laughs> but I just don't. Yeah. I am not more naturally inclined to be the person that stays inside and to be the person that doesn't go out. So when there is no physical need to leave the home, like my flat, the view out of like the windows we've got is the car park for a supermarket. So I, I don't even have to really go anywhere for food. I, like we live above a really nice restaurant thing. So we can go and eat there or we can walk about like 30 paces <laughs> and be at the supermarket already. So it's like everything you want, like all in one really compact area. So I don't have to, yeah. I don't have to do anything. And it's become a problem in as much as I'm just getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> it's like oh god I guess so the is point the we... rest of the country well so it's like oh my god when i crunched i like we joke about it but uh, uh so when we were crunching on bioshock infinite they would give us breakfast lunch and dinner yeah. right uh and there would be days when we called it the brown day when they would <laughs> it was appetizer day when they would just get like mozzarella sticks chicken wings oh, right. just, and you'd get a whole table of just fried shit sorry i thought uh, literally that was... you were talking <laughs> like you guys were crunching so hard that there was just one day that you all went to the toilet <laughs> oh god no i was like no the brown I'm just day. About the... i was like jesus god just talk about the crunch food situation, which is a constant, like, uh, topic in our sorry, industry. But they, uh, yeah, go on. yeah, we we would have a, a an appetizer day, which yes. I called Brown Day, which was just <laughs> yeah, all the, the, food's the entire brown. table was brown, and it was just like you just feel gross because yeah. you've been sitting for like <laughs> ten to twelve hours straight, and then you're just eating gross brown food and you feel like you're sweating just fried food <laughs> oh god brown i've actually day. forgotten some of the you know hearing you talk about this reminded me of some of the things that happened during crunch i remember i sat still for several hours mm. and then i got up suddenly to get a soda and i went to move my right leg and i just just like i didn't realize i had fallen asleep until after i had already stood up oh jesus and i was like oh shit Oh shit, this leg's asleep. And it I'm was like in my head. Yeah, it happened in slow motion. I just stood up, turned, pivoted, and fell oh. like loudly and excessively. Oh, no. Everyone in my pitch just turned around, like, Gwen, are you okay? I was like, yeah, it's yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> and it was terrible because I, like, my leg was still asleep, so I couldn't physically couldn't stand up. up. Yeah, you were down. So I was just. I like fucking crawled on my elbows back to my chair and got into the chair and people are like, are you okay? Do you yeah, yeah, my leg fell asleep. I'm fine. Like, do you need to go to the hospital? No, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, they're not fine. free here. I'm not doing here. that. <laughs> oh, God. Jesus. I don't think I've ever sat down so long that my legs have failed. Like, I've, uh, I'm, <laughs> in a way, <laughs> I guess I'm kind of fortunate that I get bored super easy. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I can't do one thing for seven hours. Like, I could never do one thing for seven hours. Like, but then I think part of my problem is when it comes to food and stuff and or movement or doing anything is like, I think it's just like, 
self-control, right? But like one of those people, I'm one of those people that like, you think, God, there isn't any, there's no one telling me to do anything. And I, 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 I know I need someone telling me to do any something. Like even with this podcast, like mm-hmm. you'll be like, we're doing it now and the edit needs to be done now. And I, like, I'm not going to do nothing if no one <laughs> tells me to do anything or I wouldn't have a job. But like, mm-hmm. I definitely need that thing of like some of there being a deadline and someone saying a thing needs to be done. Oh, everybody needs deadlines and external pressure. Yeah, right. Absolutely. If I don't get that, like if if I, if someone says, "Oh, here's a thing," and then I never hear anything about it again, I'm just it will definitely get put on the back burner, and I will not worry about it. And it will be like, "Yeah, I'll do that later." No one's making me do it. I will not do it now. And that can kind of not exist <laughs> when you're your own boss. For anything that like yeah. is my own work that I want to do myself, it's like oh, you take, like I've I've been trying to do this writing a game thing for months, and it's always on the back burner, like always, because there's there's no pressure to do it. So it's like oh, so okay, uh, so advice right now. Okay, uh, find a local meetup group. There's usually most cities have some. Um, if it's I know you have some, obviously there'll be some in London. Like, yeah. Yeah, there's tons in London. Um, but find a, a local meetup group, find a demo night, um, and tell yourself that you have that you will agree to be there and demo your game on that night. Mm. Pick a, something probably a couple months from now and come up with a plan for how you, what you want to have a couple months from now and how you're going to get there. Mm. And then every now and like set little milestones for yourself to get there. Basically, you need to... <laughs> you're talking to an indie developer yeah but you need to have an immovable date where you will be showing something to other people yeah uh and the fear of that date and the loomingness of that date will inf- will keep you focused that's true and then you need to set for yourself milestones that help you get to, like little things benchmarks things that you're gonna have done leading up to that date um, but the most important thing isn't even the milestones or the benchmarks. It's that you have set a date, which you will have a thing. Yeah. Um, and that you've promised that to another human being. That's the thing. I think for me, it would be publicly stating that I am doing that thing. Cause I haven't really done that. Like I've kind of hinted at it and I've kind of mentioned it a bit, but I've never been like, I am doing this thing and you will see it at this time. Like that has never mm-hmm. happened, so that might help actually. Good advice, Gwen. I don't. Yeah, I. The reason I, for me, that wouldn't work as effectively is you can always move that date. You can, you know, in your heart. Well, that that's why. Lie. Yeah, I'm thinking say it publicly at least, so there's some form of accountability. Because like, there's there's no pressure otherwise. Like you say, if I just do it to myself internally, I can completely not do it. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I can. I know for a fact, like. Like, well, I'm working on something at the moment, like, that isn't announced yet, that's uh, gonna happen in June, I think. But we've, we, I'm doing it with someone else. I've, there's a date, there's other people, like, involved, and we're mm-hmm. like, this is when it is happening. And that's all chugging along nice. Like, I'm getting that stuff done. We're looking quite nice for the June time, and it's like, cool. It's not like a major thing or anything, but it, it, it's a thing. And there's definitely a date and there's someone that I'm accountable to. Like, we're accountable to each other and yep. it's quite good. So, yeah, I think I, I need to do something like that. That would make sense. But, yeah, I, I am definitely. And that links into the exercise and eating right and stuff like that because it's like, because it's just me, I like, 
I have to get to the point where I feel like, fuck, I've gone too far. Like, which I have now. Like, I've reached that, what have you done? <laughs> like, you look, at yourself, you look at yourself in the mirror yeah. or something, and you're like, fuck, dude. Like, what? <laughs> why has it come coming, to this? Yeah, coming back, uh, the people who are listening to this doing crunch are like, ugh. Like, but um, being, it's very difficult to be healthy, mm. especially what you're saying right now, working from home and, and stuff like that. I wish I could give you advice or something. Oh, but no, like, I'm, I'm getting there. Yeah. For that, I have my own, like, I always find with weight loss, I do quite well at it, but I always, for some fucking reason, have to reach that. Like, most people are just like, well, not most people, I guess. I don't know. People generally are like, well, I know, don't eat that shit. And it's like, I know, don't eat that shit. But, like, I don't think about it deliberately. Like, I'm just like, fuck it, whatever. I can have another pizza. It's one pizza. Fucking who cares? Come on. Pizza's great. And so I'll have one. And it's all good. But I have to reach that point where, like I say, that I'm literally like, fuck. <laughs> What's happened? That then I mm. can be like, right. You gotta get serious. You gotta get real about this shit. So yeah, that's what I'm attempting to do at the moment. But it's, uh, it ain't easy when your actual setup for work and life in general is very sedentary and doesn't involve doing a anything or going anywhere beyond like sitting here yeah is your goal to exercise more or eat right or both both or? both yeah well what you do have uh just to build you up a bit mm -hmm. is you have complete control over your environment yes that is very true yeah um so that's the other thing right like my partner she can like she can buy like a bar of chocolate and it can just sit there and it's all good it can sit there for like a month she doesn't think about it. I fucking do. Like, I buy it. I'm, I mean, I'm buying it because I'm eating it now. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm buying it because I'm going to eat it. And that's why I'm buying it. So I'm just like, I just can't have that shit in the house. Like, if it's in the house, I'll fucking... I know me, I'll eat it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel you. Yeah, it's hard, man. It's a, it's a hard industry if you care about, like, maintaining a healthy weight and, like, exercise at all. Mm. Um. You should know there is a the a counterculture to that in a way. There's something called dev lifting. You'll dev no, lifting. I've noticed this. You lift. Yes. Don't you? I do lift. Yeah, I've become shit. a dev lifter. Oh shit! You're part like, of that. Yeah, I'm into it. Okay. I, I, Tell I me. realized at some point I was walking around and I was like, everybody in our industry fits into like three types: either mm -hmm. like su super skinny dude who works constantly and forgets to eat. Yep. Um, I had a housemate. All the, that was all the a types of dudes, by the yeah, way, that was the super skinny dude that would legit forget to eat. That confused the shit yeah. out of me because I'm like the reverse. But he would be like, he would come into the living room because we shared a flat with him. But like, he'd come into the living room looking like he was gonna die and just being like, "Oh hey," and like you hadn't really seen him for like <laughs> two days or something. He'd just sort of been in his room and he'd be like, oh, "Yeah, all right." And he'd be like, "Yeah, ma'am, what the fuck's wrong with you?" He'd be like. Oh, I haven't. I don't think I've had anything to eat for a few days. I feel kind of shit. I'm gonna. Are you ordering food? <laughs> like, yeah, man, Whoa. I can order you some food. <laughs> That's excessive. Yeah, he would. Oh my he god, would, he would go too far. But he he fucking loved programming so much. But uh, yeah, anyway. So there's that guy. Sorry, I'm imagining so the types. other one's probably like me. Like, uh, kind of heavy set dude. Yep. Yeah. 
By the way, all three of these are dudes, just because I'm sorry, that's how the industry is. It is, now. yeah. And the third type of dude is like uh, devil, super jacked. Uh, yeah, I, you turns, see them that confuse the shit out of me sometimes. Happening. I'm like, oh shit, what's up, bro? <laughs> yeah, like it's a trend in California. It's a huge trend in, in Boston and some other places. I call it dev lifting. These are people who um, have lifting is an incredibly nerdy sport. It's yeah. all about like inputs and outputs. You eat certain food and you lift certain things and you lift progressively heavier things. And in return, you get jacked. It's like grinding. Uh, and it appeals to gamers in a mm. weird way. Uh, and I I realized at some point there's like a percentage of our industry that like is super into making video games, mm-hmm. um, going to lift either after work or at lunch, and then coming back. Because part of lifting is you have to be sedentary most of the time. Yeah, like that's you, true. Well, you don't have to, but it helps, right? Like if you go, you lift really heavy and then you just sit for 48 hours. Uh, and so... I got kind of into the circle and I'm like, I want to be a dev lifter. So that's my goal this year. It's like, I want to be one of those devs that lifts and gets super jacked. Oh shit. Jacked Gwen. Like fucking. Jacked Gwen. That's the goal. Yeah. Yeah. You could like pick me up at like trade shows. I have a like with one arm and just hoist me up. Farmers carry you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's the goal, Gwen. No, but like, I I know, you know, it it sounds crazy to talk about this, but I, I think about. Like, Tim Borelli is a famous animator in my industry. Mm-hmm. Also famous strongman. Like, there's a weird number of strongman slash game developers right now. Shit. And I just... It's a neat trend yeah. to, like, have a healthy, physical thing in our very sedentary industry that's famous for making people really unhealthy. So yeah. I, I support this wholeheartedly. That doesn't sound like a bad thing. That feels like a thing. Because no. I've, I've no, I, like, the only things I've ever lifted things that i've had to lift <laughs> like i have never i like i can even remember being younger man what's the fucking point of just picking shit up all the time <laughs> nah dude you do no no like... i get it now but like i've i've never done it like never even oh, when i've dude, been to a gym got... i was all cardio like i had n- i was just like i want to sit there picking shit up for hours like i'm like <laughs> i Chris, I was the same way. Let me tell you, man. You get into it, and like, there's like spreadsheets and shit. Uh, you you there's apps. You put in what you're lifting, and it'll tell you your like your one rep max, and you can like watch the trend line change over time. Like it's it's like grinding in a video game. It's amazing. You wouldn't expect it to be the nerdiest hobby, but it is the nerdiest hobby, and it complements being sedentary constantly really really well. Wow. So. I don't know. That's what I'm doing. Maybe I I'm should a... do that. Maybe I should get... I've got the frame for lifting. I know that much. I've been told that by people at gyms. They're like, you know, you've got big shoulders and shit. You probably do well with uh, weights. I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Go back on the fucking cross trainer. <laughs> but, yeah. No, I, I try it. I don't know. I, now I'm being real preachy. But, yeah, no. like, uh, the kind of person that's into video games is I suspect usually also the kind of person that would be in the lifting if they looked into it a bit. Mm. But you got to like, you got to get over that initial hump of like walking into the gym and looking at all these jacked people and feeling like, oh God, I do not belong here. I am so pale. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely get I'm that. I'm not one of these people. And you've got to like the initial learning of like how to do, how to lift. That's the other part. This sounds stupid. I hate. No, but like you coming go. up with a routine. Yeah. Yeah. You got to know how to do it properly. I, these are things I know about just from being in gyms and knowing a few people that do lift. It's like, if you're not doing it properly, you're, you might as well not be doing it. Like, 
you've got to lift these things in the correct way and like all that shit yeah we went way too far on this tangent by the way i think this whole show's been a tangent i'm not gonna lie gwen tangent about crunch yeah maybe to the to our listeners who are who are working really hard right now on a e3 demo or a game for for uh christmas i hope you uh, take care of yourself and whatever whatever way that means you know maybe maybe don't eat the table full of brown food maybe go like brown day <laughs> brown day maybe you know like make sure you if you're if you're animating a scene or working on something dark make sure you like take off the headphones and have some laughs with your coworkers. Hmm. I don't, I hope we're not preachy. I really do. Oh God, no. Hope everybody's really, you know, keeping themselves sane and happy out there. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Thank you for listening. This has been Gwen Frey and Chris Slight, and you've been in the dialogue box.